Welcome to the Landmark Podcast. I'm Jason Calhoun, pastor of Landmark Pentecostal Church in Texarkana, Texas. We encourage you to visit us on the web at landmarkupc.net for a schedule of services and upcoming events. We pray that you are blessed by the message today. Thank you again for listening. As a kid, I would never dress out in school, in gym class. I would never compete with uh, uh, other schools. They would time me in running. I don't recall ever losing a race. As a kid, I'm 73 now, I probably couldn't run to the bathroom, but I... uh, I have broken the four-minute mile. I have, uh, I did it in blue jeans, sweatshirt, and uh, everybody else was all dressed out. It just was something that came easy. My heart rate today is still in the low 50s. I have a low heart rate. I have a low blood pressure, maybe 75 over 35. I have low blood sugar. It stays in the lower 50s and sometimes the upper 40s. I have a low IQ. Uh, Everything about me is pretty low, I guess. Um, I think what bothered me was reading the story about, I believe it was a fireman. Could have been been a policeman, but during 9-11, uh, when the the towers were collapsing, and this particular gentleman was knocked unconscious, when he came to in the hospital, he asked his buddies. He said, "When you found me, which way was I running? Was I running into it, or was I running out?" And the more I got to thinking about that, in terms of living for God. The direction you're running makes all the difference in the world. I see some people today who was where you feel comfortable, but they're running the other direction. I've got a whole lot more tolerance with people running this way than I do with people running that way. Do you follow me so far? I, uh, I heard the story about a guy who was saw that the police were trying and the lawyer was trying to serve him a subpoena or what he he so he hid and he ran for 14 years he avoided being served and finally he was in this hospital bed and dying and this lawyer walks in and lays the papers in his hand it wasn't a subpoena It was the notice that he'd inherited $45 million, but he has been running from it rather than standing neglecting it. Sometimes we don't know why we're running. We have this built-in fear, this imagined fear. It, It makes us run. I wouldn't say offhand that there's anybody in this room that's running from God, but to me, the direction you're running is everything. And I hope I can get everybody on the same page this morning. 
Well, no matter where we're at in God, we should be running towards him, not from him. Can I get a witness from somebody? I have, uh, <laughs> I was listening to somebody yesterday. They said, I have two wonderful children and another child. Uh, <laughs> I have five children. And I have one son that whenever I said, hey, or hollered at him or something, even from the time he was two years old, he would turn and run straight for me and throw his arms around my leg. You can't beat a kid that's doing that when they run to you. Now, if they ran from me, Katie, bar the door. I don't even like a dog that runs from me. It'll find a new home. I'm twisted up here, so just deal with it. What I'm trying to say is that when we run to God, no matter what shape we're in, no matter what condition we're in, you won't find a God that's going to punish you. You're going to find a God that wraps his arms of mercy and love around you when you run to him. Can I get a witness? Hmm. I have a two-year-old granddaughter I get to see maybe once a year, four or five days out of the whole year around the pagan holiday time. And uh, she saw me this past week, and when she got out of the car, she ran to me. Now, what do you think that does to an old man's heart? You see a little two-year-old running to you and throw her arms around you. That means grandpa's wallet just got wide open. That's what that means, right? <laughs> And when you run to God, his wallet of mercy and blessing just come wide open when you run to him. Can you all understand how I'm thinking here this morning? Uh, we run sometimes out of desperation. We even run to the rescue. I was in a mall many years ago when my daughter was three years old. And I don't want to tell you where because I don't want to bring Natchez, Mississippi into the story. But... Two men got a hold of my daughter and was running out the door with my daughter in a mall. And Sister Arlene Kavnis screamed to my wife, Marcia, they got your baby. My wife had her back turned. It was only this far away from her, but they got her behind my wife's back. I'm a hundred feet away. I knew I could catch him. It's what I'm going to do when I get there. We need to talk about just a minute. I looked on the, there was nobody else in the mall to help me. I'm in a suit. Now, my wife, I made a pledge to my wife. I won't jump up and kick my heels anymore. She's afraid I'm going to throw my back out of place. But this time of my life, I could still give you a nice karate kicks Taekwondo exhibition, I could kick up about shoulder high. I looked on the ground. I was watching guys working on three levels of scaffolding. And on the floor was a lead pipe about that big. And the devil said, pick it up. And sometimes the devil has good ideas. <laughs> Lord, I apologize for that. You say, Brother Ballesteros, you're a preacher. I plumb forgot. If you got babies and you're not willing to protect your babies, you ought not to be having any babies. 
I let out a scream that would have made the whole Cherokee Indian nation proud of me. And I went double clutching A-flat trailer trucking down that mall. I hit the door frame with my, right about there with my feet. I'm coming through. I won't bore you with details, but I didn't get a ticket. I got my daughter back. I didn't get arrested. I didn't go to jail. The ambulance drivers didn't have far to look. There's times when you run out of desperation is what I'm trying to tell you. Can I get a witness? Maybe you're running because you don't want to miss anything or you can't wait or whatever. I just want to quote you a little scripture said the Lord is a strong tower. And it said that the righteous runneth into it and are safe. There's a place you can run where you can be safe. And my job this morning is to get everybody to run to this safe place in God. Thank you, Jesus. I've seen folks sit on the front row of church and be running from God. There's folks visit every Sunday, I'm sure, around the country, and they still run. Oh, they come to church, but they're still running from God's will in their life. It's time we stop running from Him and start running to Him. Jonah was a man of God. But he ran from the calling. He ran from God. God has a way of building you a prayer room. God has a way of letting a set of circumstances come together that drives you to your knees and make you say, Oh God, have mercy on me and forgive me. I'm saying, why are you running from God today? Which way are you running? It's time that we realize it never pays to run from God. In the beginning, Adam and Eve sinned and they hid themselves because shame took over their life. Shame made them run from God. God's still going to find you out. It would be in your best interest to start repenting before he ever comes and tries to point the finger at you. Saul only messed up one time, it looked like. David many times. God cut Saul off and David winds up being a man after God's own heart. How would that happen? Because David was quick to repent. Thank God for folks that are quick to repent and run to him and not from him. I read out loud in prayer today, I read Psalms 51 to the Lord. Wash me up, clean me, forgive me, I've sinned against you. All those, it wouldn't hurt you to read that to God every day. And just say, God, I want my heart right, I want my spirit right, I want my mind right. The coming of the Lord is real. The coming of the Lord is soon. I've got to be ready for the coming of the Lord. Can I get a witness from somebody? But there are generational things. Adam and Eve hid from God. Cain, their son, he ran from God to a place called Nod. Oh, actually, which means wandering. And when you run from God, that's where you're going to go. You're going to start wandering. There's no final destination for you pray that God doesn't run from you like he ran from Saul for 40 years he never spoke to him and Saul had to learn to live without God in his life you never want to get to that place every day you need to thank God that he's in your life I've been what the doctors would call a walking dead man uh, and a walking time bomb with blood clots. I got them in my lungs. Uh, couldn't go to my brain. My, I probably don't have one. My dad said I didn't have a heart. I have two gallbladders. So the only option I had was to go to my lungs. And every morning I, when I'm with my wife, I wake up and I thank God that she's still with me and I'm still with her. That I can 
after 52 years, I've still got her in my world. Every day I have to thank God I got one more day to do something for you. I want to make this one count. We, we, we don't know. If, if God said, I'm going to give you 70 years with it, I'm already working on overtime. I don't have the promise of finishing the day out. All I can say is thank God for today, and I'm going to give it my best today. I want to run to Him, throw my arms around Him, and beg for His love and mercy on my life. Anybody understand what I'm talking about? Why are you running from God? Why are you not obeying His call on your life? Don't you understand that the way of the transgressor is hard? It's not an easy life running from God. The hardest life you'll ever live is when you run from Him. Things are only going to start getting better when you start running towards Him. It's just a matter of time before God catches up with you when you start to run from Him. Only fools, only fools run from God. Let me, let me leave the running from God away alone for right now. And let me talk about the blessings. And are you ready for this? The miracles that come to those that run to him. I want to talk about the benefits of running to God. Let me have Genesis 18, chapter, chapter 18, verse number 1. I'm, in deference to time, I'm going to hurry. And the Lord appeared unto him in the plains of Mamre, and he sat in his tent door in the heat of the day. And he lifted up his eyes and looked, and lo, there were three men stood by him. And when he saw them, he ran to meet them from the tent door and bowed himself toward the ground and said, My Lord, if now I have found favor in thy sight, passing out away, I pray thee from thy servant. Little, little water, I pray thee, be fetched and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. He ran to meet the Lord, if you will. Jumping down from verse 4 to verse number 10. By the time the Lord left his presence, he said, and he said, I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life. And lo, Sarah, thy wife, shall have a son. Here is a man whose wife is 90 years old. And she's going to have a baby. She's already passed that season in her life. But God blessed her and God blessed Abraham. But it started with him running to God. I don't know what miracles are missing in your life. You won't know until you start running to him. When you run to him, he knows how to bless you in ways you never dreamed possible when you run to him. I read then about Rebecca. Abraham said to his servant, who was an old bachelor, he said, I want you to go get a wife for my son. You find an old man about my age going to look for a wife for somebody else. He can't even get one for himself, and he's going to pick one up for somebody. He's clueless. So he sits down on the ground and he prays, Oh God, help me find the right wife for my master's son. And he makes a little covenant with God. And he says, Lord, the woman, I'm not going to look for the prettiest girl in the world. I'm not going to look for what dress size she has on. I'm looking for attitude. I'm looking for how she thinks, how she responds to need. And he said, I, when, when I see a damsel come, I'm going to ask of her for a drink of water. And if she offers me one and then offers to give water to my camels, that's going to be the one. Yeah. Verse 19 says of 
Genesis 24, when she had done giving him drink, she said, I will draw water for thy camels also until they have done drinking. And she hasted and emptied her pitcher into the trough and ran again unto the well to draw water and drew for all his camels. I'm saying she wound up being brought into a covenant relationship with Almighty God. It started with her running. It started with her being willing to run to the task. Why is it that we have to beg somebody to worship God? Why is it that we have to beg saints to pray? Why is it that we have to beg you to come into His presence? Thank God for saints that run into worship. Thank God for saints that run into a spirit of prayer. Thank God that for saints that say, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. If you got this Holy Ghost, nobody ought to have to beg you to come to the house of God. It ought to be in your spirit. A little boy named Samuel lay in his bed and he heard the name Samuel. Samuel. And he ran, First Samuel 3, 5 says, unto Eli and said, Here am I, for thou callest me. And he said, I called not. Lie down again. And he went and lay down. Here was a man, a young child actually, who was an, wound up being anointed and wound up being the, one of the most precious prophets of the Old Testament. A man of God. Would you like to have the anointing on your life? I don't care if you're seven years old like Samuel was. It all starts with you being willing to run. Let me just throw this out here as a little bit of a side. Do you know what Samuel's uh, daily tasks were? That's the only thing you're going to find mentioned in the, in the Bible that he did on a daily basis was he opened up the doors to the house of God. See these people standing up here this morning? You know what they were? They were door openers so that you could come into the presence of the Lord. The greeters in the sanctuary back there, the foyer, they were, they're door openers. There's somebody that makes you welcome into the house of the Lord. It may seem like a menial task to you. It doesn't amount to much. And we don't give ourselves a whole lot of credit, but we're trying to set a table. We're trying to open the door. We're trying to make folks welcome in the presence of the Lord. I want to be a door opener. How about you? I'm reading again about little David uh, reading again in Samuel, 1 Samuel 17, 48. And it came to pass that when the Philistine arose and came and drew nigh unto David, that David hasted and ran towards the army to meet the Philistine. He didn't run from the problem. He ran to the problem. Would you like to have dominion over some of the things in your life? Would you like to have the victory over your biggest enemy? It doesn't happen when you run away from it. It happens when you run to it. God knows how to fight your battles. God knows how to give you the victory. Anybody here need a miracle today? 2 Kings 4.22 The Shunammite woman Called unto her husband and said, send, I, send me, I pray thee, one of the young men and one of the asses that I may run to the man of God and come again. She, she had made sure that a, a room was built on her house where the man of God could spend the night. She knew how far it was to the next city. And she wanted to make sure that he didn't have to sleep on the ground as he was traveling by to the next little village. And when he 
the day that she introduced that little room to him and it was all finished, he made a promise unto her that she was going to have a child. And sure enough, she did. And lo and behold, when the baby's old enough to go out in the field with its daddy, I'm not saying it's a sunstroke. I'm just saying he was out in the field. And he complained of my head, my head. And they took him to his mother and he died in her arms. She didn't say, oh, honey, what are we going to do? The baby just died. She said, tell my, tell my husband, send a servant out. Send me one of the young men and something to ride on. I'm fixing to go see the preacher. He argued with her. He said, why are you going to see him? It's not a Sabbath day. It's not a new moon. It's not a feast day. She didn't even bother to answer. She said, tell him not to slow down unless I tell him to. And they drove furiously. They rode furiously to see uh, where the man of God was. He saw her coming a long ways off. And she, the, Gehazi got sent out to meet her. And he said, is it well with you? She said, it is well. She said, is it well with thy husband? He said, it is well. He said, is it well with thy child? And she said, it is well. How can you say it is well with your baby when your baby's dead? I'll tell you how she could say it is well. Because she had put God first in her life. And she had put God's man first in her life. And she knew that as long as I put God first, everything's going to turn out all right. It may not look good now, but I'm running to him for help. Some folks get in trouble, they run from the preacher. When you have a desperate need, it's time you ran to the man of God and said, I need you to pray for me. I, I need your help. I need your guidance in my life. Come on, somebody. You know I'm telling you what's the truth. We call him a demon-possessed man, the demoniac, the man of the Gadarenes. Let me just try to be politically correct here. Just call him homeless. Let me just kind of whitewash it, make it more seeker-friendly. This guy was so driven by what compelled him that he could break chains. He lived in the tombs. He lived in the graveyards, and he would scream and cry out all night long, scare the local villagers. You can only imagine the trauma that his family lived through and all the remarks and the jokes in town. And Oh, your daddy kept me up all night. Your son, he, oh, Lord, I was just... I wish God would kill him or something. That, I, I can only imagine that kind of stuff. Jesus and the disciples land their boat right close to where he is. And when this man saw Jesus, in verse 5 or 6, but when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him. Do you know that the key to your deliverance, the key to your blessing, it starts with worship. I was taught as a young man, you can worship your way out of whatever you're going through. You say, well, I just don't feel like, let me just tell you, you won't solve one problem staying out of church. You won't solve one problem staying home. Here's where your answers are found. Here's where your deliverance is met. Here's where you get help. Here's where hope is. Run to him and worship him. Can I get a witness from somebody? And he begged him, oh, master. When he sat clothed and in his right mind, and God knows how to turn your, your world around immediately. It didn't take God all day to take care of business. And he begged the Lord to let, please let me go with you. And the Lord said, no. This is the only man the Lord turned down. 
He said, go on back to your home. Tell everybody what I've done for you. You know what God's looking for today? Some walking billboards. Some people that are willing. Who's, you remember what I used to be? You know what I, how I used to live? God, that's what God's looking for. So they go home. After the storm. Mark 6, 53. And when they passed over, they came to the land of Genesaret and drew near to the shore. And it says in Mark 6, 54, and when they were come out of the ship straightway, they knew him and ran through that whole region round about and began to carry about in beds those that were sick where they heard he was and whithersoever he entered into the villages or cities or country, they laid the sick in the street and besought him that they might touch, if it were, but the border of his garment, and as many as touched him were made whole. What I'm trying to tell you is that their miracles of healing began with them running to meet where Jesus was. If you need a miracle of healing in your body, I'm not preaching against doctors, but we're pretty quick to run to a doctor. I imagine, can only imagine what would happen if we run to him first and get allow him the honor and the privilege of healing our body. I'm telling you, he's still a miracle worker. He still knows how to heal every disease. He is the great physician. Can I get a witness from somebody? I'm talking about which way are you running? By the time you get to Luke chapter 19, you know that the story of Zacchaeus, I got my tang all tangled up today, of Zacchaeus is there in Luke chapter 19. And it said, Behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus which was chief among the publicans, and he was rich. He didn't say republicans, it just said publicans, which is sinners. And he sought to see Jesus who he was. And could not for the press. This is not talking about CNN or Fox or anything else. It's just talking about the crowd. Because he was of little stature. If you want to get to where Jesus is, there's always going to be somebody in your business. Somebody in your way. There's always going to be, yeah, but this person or that person. You're worried about their opinion. You're worried about what my wife's going to say, my husband's going to say, my parents are going to say. Listen, when you stand before God in the judgment day, your wife, your mother, your sister, your husband, your parents, your children aren't going to be standing there to defend your case. It's just going to be you there. you got to get this for yourself. You would have loved old sister Irene Edge in the church there in South Bend where I pastored for about 28 years. She's married to O.V., two initials, no name, just two initials, O.V., O.V. Edgen. O.V. Edgen never clapped his hands, never sang a song, never stood up for anything, never went to the altar, just came, never missed a service, just sat there, never got the Holy Ghost. Never got baptized, just sat there. And so here's, here Irene is, and she's a little spitfire. I don't know how opposites find each other, but Lord, they do. And she never missed an opportunity to get on her feet, to sing, to clap her hands, and she's in her 80s. One night in testimony service back in the day when we could trust folks to testify. <laughs> Without going stupid on us. She stood up and she said, Ov can sit there and go to hell if he wants to, but I'm going to praise the Lord. 
you got to make up your mind you're going to run to him regardless of what other people do. Can I get a witness? And it said of Zacchaeus, it said, verse 4, and he ran before. It all started with him running to find a way to see Jesus and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him for he was to pass that way. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up. If you're willing to run to him, he's going to stop when he gets to where you are and he's going to make eye-to-eye contact with you. And he said unto him, Zacchaeus, hurry up, make haste and come down. For today I must abide at thy house. I, I, I got to go to your house. And he made haste and unclimbed the tree and received him joyfully. The way you receive Jesus is going to determine the outcome of it. You ever see somebody, you give them something and you can't even hardly get a smile on their face. They say something like, well, you didn't have to do that. Look, Jack, all you got to say is thank you. And put it up there like that. Because there may not be another time if you can't show your thanks and appreciation. He received him joyfully. Attitude is not something. Attitude is everything. Speaking of that, there's reasons why God never let me pastor again when I, after I resigned in 99. The Lord said, let my people go, and I let them go. But, uh, but I would not allow the saints in the church to come up to me and say, you stepped on my toes tonight. I said, because if attitude is everything, that means you got offended and you got hurt, and you didn't like what I said. What you really should have said, and it means basically the same thing as something like, you helped me. It got a little quiet right about there. I'll try to move on, okay? When Jesus calls, run. Uh, I have a, a friend, our kids went to school together. His, uh, his grandpa had a business, big business. And he chose to do all the hiring himself because he had a little test he'd give every employee <clears throat> that he hired. He would make some excuse for them to get up, either go out to their car, and he would look out the window and watch them. Or to go down a hall to walk somewhere and to do something walking. Because he wanted to see how they walked. Because people that walk slow, in his mind, they would work slow. And people that would walk fast will work fast. It's still quiet. And my friend and I were walking down the street and he said to me, you passed the walk test. What I'm trying to say is when it's time to get to him, let's pack, pass that walk test. Let's hurry up and get to where he is. It's, I like the story about the prodigal son. It says, Luke 15, 20, and he rose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. It's time you run to him. It's time that you ran to an altar forgiveness. 
It's no time to hesitate. Today is a time to run. I'm just trying to tell somebody, if you're willing to run to Him, He'll run to you. He won't make you make this journey by yourself. He'll come to where you are. When you run to Him, He'll run to you. Oh, yes, He will. Put your hands together this morning. It's time to start running from God. It's time to run to Him. Which way are you running today? Go ahead and stand with me. I'm going to quit right here. I want to tell you, brothers and sisters, that there's a God who cares about you. He loves you. I don't know why He's tolerated our behavior for so long. Musicians, go ahead and come if you would please. I don't know why He's tolerated us for so long. All I can say is, God, thank you for your mercy. Thank you for loving us in spite of all of our humanity. We've been nothing but disappointments unto you. Oh, God, you've been gracious and merciful unto us. It's time today that as a group that we run to him. I would prefer to give an altar call and not a cattle call. But as a church family, we need to all come to him and say, God, thank you that the door is still open. He said in Revelation, I've set before you an open door. God's left the door to his heart open for you today. All you got to do is run to him. Don't let your love of the world cause you to run from him. Don't let your involvement in sports and entertainment and jobs and whatever make you run from him. Don't let your addictions keep you from him. It's time we brought our problems to the Lord and cast all of our cares upon him. Run to him. Not from him.